Hello, hello, hello. This is Monica. This is Remembering the Mission Remembered. And today I'm going to be talking about the Cecil Hotel. Um, for those who don't want to hear about the macabre details at the Cecil Hotel, um, this is not the episode for you. But for those who do want to hear, um, just know that some gruesome stuff is going to be discussed. So just keep that in mind. Um, the Cecil Hotel was the site of numerous deaths, accidents, homicides, suicides, and the unexplained. It has even been called Hotel Death, basically a free-for-all where anything evil could happen and anybody could get it at any time. The Cecil Hotel was built in December of 1924 in downtown Los Angeles by a hotelier named William Banks Hanner. I'm sure that when it was built, nobody imagined that it would develop a reputation for horror and infamy. The Cecil, as it has sometimes been called, was originally intended to be a destination hotel for business travelers, elite tourists, and generally successful people. A million dollars was spent on this ambitious project. The hotel boasted 700 rooms. The lobby was marble, the windows stained glass. Stately palm trees stood tall, and the staircase was awe-inspiring. The Cecil opened in 1927 and was considered a hotel of choice for the upper echelon. This was around the time that the talkies, movies with sound, were beginning to be released. This new technology was setting the entertainment industry ablaze. Unfortunately, the economic collapse known as the Great Depression hit two years later, causing William Banks Hanner to regret his investment. The Cecil Hotel's surrounding area quickly took on a dark energy that plunged it into disrepute. The area would become known as Skid Row. Literally thousands of homeless people settled there. The area was a magnet for low vibrational souls. Sex workers, junkies, runaways, criminals, many of them violent and not shy about attacking or killing people. Others were depressed and ready to kill themselves. As the 1920s became the 1930s, the Cecil Hotel began hosting suicides with guests unaliving themselves left, right, and center, and in various ways, jumping from windows, ingesting poison, self-inflicted gunshots, and even slashing their own throats. Now here I'm getting ready to get into some of the um, activity, some of these deaths. So, fasten your seatbelt. Okay. On November 12, 1931, William K. Norton, who was 46 years old, checked into the Cecil Hotel under the alias James Willies of Chicago. He stayed for six nights and was discovered dead on November 19th after ingesting poison. His is the first recorded Cecil Hotel death. Why he used an alias, what business he was conducting, and why he took his life is unknown. Less than a year later, Benjamin Dodich, who was 25, shot himself to death in his room. His body was discovered by a maid. In 1934, Louis D. Borden, a 53-year-old Army Medical Corps sergeant, slashed his own throat with a razor. His health was declining, and he left numerous notes explaining his actions. In 1938... 35-year-old Marine Fireman Roy Thompson jumped to his death from the Cecil but was found in the skylight of a building nearby. 39-year-old Navy Officer Erwin Neblett was found dead in his room. 
by a maid after poisoning himself in the spring of 1939. The decade of the 1940s began with the January 1940 self-elimination of 45-year-old school teacher Dorothy Seeger, who ingested poison and later died at a hospital. <clears throat> in the fall of 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19, was staying at the Cecil with 38-year-old Ben Levine. In the middle of the night, she was assaulted by stomach pain like she'd never experienced before. Not wanting to disturb her companion, she went into the bathroom and gave birth to a baby boy. Dorothy claimed that she didn't even know she was pregnant. She also claimed not to know that the baby was alive, which explains why she threw her son out the window. This broken little body was found on the roof next door. She went on trial and was found not guilty of the baby's murder by reason of insanity and was committed to a psychiatric hospital. In November of 1947, Robert Smith, 35, leaped to his death from a seventh floor window. Probably the flashiest leap was that of Pauline Otten. In 1962, the 27-year-old argued with her husband, Dewey, before tossing herself out the window of her room and landing on top of 65-year-old passerby George Giannini. He never knew what hit him as both were killed instantaneously. Grace Magro and Julia Francis Moore are two other people who jumped out of windows of the Cecil Hotel, but there's some question as to whether or not Magro's death was accidental or not. She may have just fallen. Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia, was last seen alive at the Cecil Hotel. It's not known if she was actually murdered at the hotel, but her body was found bisected in January of 1947, and uh, she was most certainly killed at a different location than where her body was found. In 1964, 65-year-old Goldie Osgood, nicknamed Pigeon, because she liked feeding pigeons, was strangled, stabbed, and sexually assaulted in her room. The former telephone operator's remains were discovered by a hotel worker. The L.A. Dodgers cap she always wore was nearby, as was a sack of birdseed. A 29-year-old man named Jacques B. Ellinger was seen in Pershing Square sporting bloody clothing. He was initially arrested for pigeons' murder, but he was soon cleared of the charges and let go. No other suspects were ever found. The Cecil became a haven for serial killers. Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, stayed there in the mid-1980s at the height of his killing spree. He is on record as having killed 13 people and committing a number of attempted murders, burglaries, and sexual assaults. He walked the lobby of the Cecil either completely nude or clad in his underwear after tossing his blood-soaked clothes in the Cecil's dumpster. Ramirez stayed at the hotel for $14 a night. Dead junkies were often found in the alley near the hotel, so seeing this naked, bloodied man walking around was not as big a deal as one might expect it to be. In the early 1990s, a serial killer from Austria whose hobbies included strangling prostitutes with their own bras called the Cecil Hotel home. His name was Jack Unterweger, and he was a huge admirer of the Night Stalker, so I'm sure he fit right in during his stay. Unterweger was a far more prolific killer than Ramirez, murdering people in different countries, his home country of Austria, West Germany, the U.S. of A., and even Czechoslovakia. Three people ended up dead in Los Angeles during his time at the Cecil. 
and both of these serial killers ended up dying in prison, Unterweger by his own hand. With such a horrible track record, it's understandable why the Cecil Hotel was called the most haunted hotel in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is known for haunted hotels, so this, that's really saying something. What's not understandable is why people continued visiting the hotel considering its sinister reputation. In 2011, the Cecil Hotel attempted to revitalize its image by changing its name to Stay On Main Hotel and Hostel, charging $75 a night before it was closed down. New owners had plans to turn the site into $1,500 a month micro-apartments and put its chilling macabre history in the past. But the Cecil Hotel was back in the headlines for negative reasons in 2013 when 21-year-old Canadian tourist and Cecil Hotel guest Elisa Lamb was reported missing. There was hotel footage released to the public of her inside an elevator exhibiting what looked like bizarre behavior such as pushing numerous buttons in the elevator while appearing to be either hiding from someone or playing with someone. No other person was seen in the footage. Hotel guests complained about the quality of their water. It tasted funny, it was dark, and the stream was weak. What was going on was that Elisa Lamb's dead body was decomposing in the water tank on the hotel's roof. She was found naked in the water tank, and nobody could understand how she got on the roof, much less how she had the strength to lift the lid from the water tank in order to get into it, and how could she cover herself up with that lid once she was inside of it. Elisa Lamb had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was prescribed medication, but no drugs were found in her system. The death was ruled accidental, but questions remained. The last reported death was that of a man who killed himself in 2015. There have been more incidents than the ones I listed here, and stories of ghosts and paranormal activity at the Cecil Hotel abound in the media, including a season dedicated to it on American Horror Story. It was the focus of a Netflix documentary called The Vanishing of the Cecil Hotel. The documentary or docu-series was widely criticized, too. I know that hotel manager who was interviewed was creepy as hell. She said that there had been 80 deaths at the hotel and that she personally believed that somebody had died in every one of the rooms at the hotel. We're talking about 700 rooms, so that would be that would have to be more than 80 deaths, obviously. Anyway, I think that the stay on Main, as the Cecil Hotel has been called in recent years, is still in a state of renovation. And I think it might be used now for transitional housing, but I can't swear to it. But anyway, I wish anyone um, who finds themselves having to have anything to do with the Cecil Hotel or stay on Main um, the best of luck. That's all I can say because there's just been so much misfortune um, associated with this place. And... Um, never really seen anything like it like I said there are other haunted hotels in Los Angeles and in other places but the Cecil Hotel has a singular um, reputation for being a a place where you might not want to hang around it's very scary Uh, somebody took a picture of um, what was I guess supposed to be a ghost jumping from a window 
um, a window of the Cecil Hotel. You know, people have reported seeing spirits and things like that. And, and you can understand why. I mean, so much murder, suicide, and mysterious deaths have taken place there. So it just has a bad energy. And um, I don't know if trying to um, revitalize a place that's going to be, you know, with the renovations and everything rebuilt or revitalized or whatever on that same uh, property. I just don't think that that's something that's going to be very helpful. But that's just my opinion. You know, what do I know? They haven't had any um, activities going on as far as people dying. At least they haven't reported any to the public. Since 2015, that's close to 10 years ago. So maybe, um, maybe the spirits are beginning to light up or lighten up, I should say. Who really knows? Anyway, I'm Monica. This is Remembering the Misremember. Uh, hope that was not too bothersome for you. But we are in Halloween season, so these kind of stories pop up around this time of year. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I will be back soon with more stories.